This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 161. Wait, now there's seven love languages? Of the In-Between podcast, where you'll discover the tools to build a marriage and family that you love. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina Im. Yes, seven. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> All right. Well, the concept of love languages was created by the couples counselor, Dr. Gary Chapman, who observed that people differ in what sort of interactions make them feel loved. Way back in 1992. Well, it's like 100 years ago. <laughs> well, at yes. least it feels like it. <laughs> Dr. Chapman released his book, The Five Love Languages, and it has gone to sell over 20 million copies. What? So somebody, right? Uh, well, not not somebody. Lots, <laughs> Everybody. Lots of buddies. Yeah. <laughs> lots of buddies. <laughs> Are resonating with what he's saying. <laughs> right. Well, Dr. Chapman writes about keeping your partner's love tank full. In other words, if you can speak your spouse's love language regularly, you can keep their love tank full. Mm. This effort can lead to longer and more positive relationships. We have found his book to be really insightful and helpful. We're one of the 20 million, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We found it really helpful, not only in our own marriage, but also understanding our children's love languages. We actually did two whole episodes about discovering your child's love language and how to speak them. If you want to hear that, just go to inbetween.org slash episode 161 for the link to those really important episodes. Now, what's really interesting about Dr. Chapman's book is how many other people have built on it. Mm -hmm. Truity is a company that offers a variety of online personality quizzes. They surveyed over 500,000 people about what makes them feel loved. And in February of 2022, Truity released their findings and discovered that there are actually seven distinct ways of showing and receiving love. Right. Their study came up with this list. Activity, appreciation, emotional, financial, intellectual, physical, and practical, which, as you will hear, are pretty similar to Dr. Chapman's findings. Daniel, I think it would be helpful to maybe quickly break down the list of seven. What do you think? Yeah, and you know what? We recognize that you are probably driving or doing the dishes or working out or doing Look something. Look at you, multitasker. Right? <laughs> and as a result, as we go through these seven languages, you might, uh, we want to encourage you to reflect on what language might be your dominant one. Mm -hmm. But if you go to inbetween.org slash episode 161, you'll get a summary of all this and you'll get links to do these quizzes as well. All right, so let's start with the first one, which is activity. People who focus on the activity love language feel special and valued when their partner takes an interest in their hobbies and activities and makes an effort to enjoy hobbies and interests together. The next one is appreciation. People who focus on the appreciation love language feel loved when their partner gives them compliments, praise, and thanks. They appreciate hearing explicitly what their partner likes and admires about them. The third one is emotional. Those who focus on the emotional love language feel loved when their partner is able to connect with them and support them through difficult and scary emotions. 
Being present for the highs and lows is very important to those with the emotional love language. The fourth one is financial. People with the financial love language feel loved when their partner is generous with resources and sees value in spending money to bring their partner pleasure and joy. This love language may be expressed through gifts or just making space in the family budget for your partner's enjoyment. The next one is intellectual. People with the intellectual love language like to connect through the mind. They feel loved when their partner values their intelligence, respects their opinion, and takes part in thoughtful discussion of important issues. After that, there's physical. People with the physical love language feel loved when they receive physical affection. Hugs, holding hands, and snuggles. They want their partners to show that they're attracted to them and initiate loving touch. And the last one is practical. People with the practical love language feel loved when their partners chip in with everyday duties and responsibilities. They feel cared for when their loved ones do chores and offer help. Mm-hmm. I had always thought my love language was touch and quality time, which I still see as really important. But interestingly enough, after doing the Trudy quiz, I scored the highest on intellectual, mm. which was one of the two love languages that Dr. Chapman didn't touch on. Mm-hmm. There have been quite a few heated discussions, let's just say that, between us about needing my opinion to be respected and not feel like it is being dismissed. After seeing that intelligence is my top love language, it definitely helped clarify like why I put so much emphasis on this. Yeah, you bring up a really good point, Christina, because once I discovered that intelligence was your love language, I was like, wait, is mine still words of appreciation? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, because it was something that wasn't in Chapman's five love languages. Completely. Yeah. So as I reflect on this, I, I even think about our... 20 minute walks that we do every evening Mm -hmm. and yes that's the whole what is that marriage marriage masters instead of marriage disasters right turning towards each other investing into your marriage yeah and that's been so helpful for us as we build that and that rhythm and that habit in our relationship but it's interesting how since starting that I feel like our relationship has really grown and it's deepened and I wonder partly if it has to do with this intelligence love language you have Exactly. I think beforehand, before we had those times where we would really connect with one another on um, an intelligent level, not saying you're dumb. (laughs) That's not what this intelligence part means. Um, I don't think you were necessarily speaking my love language fluently. But at the same time, I didn't even have the words or the language to tell you to be able to do that. But you know how when we would relax, we would, I'd want to watch netflix or something right and then you would be like yeah that's okay but i just want to sit on the couch and i want to i want to talk or i want to go outside onto our deck and talk that's very true yeah and for me i was like yeah but we're spending i thought quality time is the thing because words of appreciation wasn't wasn't yours right right so i was like oh well this is quality time like quality time watching is the same thing as quality time talking (laughs) apparently not to me (laughs) yeah so it's it's a pretty neat it's it's really neat really neat what the seven love languages have discovered and how that's affected our relationship as well. I completely agree. Now, you know, Dr. Chapman says it's common to have a love language that's different than your partner, as we just articulated here in this Mm -hmm. conversation. And, you know, learning a love language isn't so different than learning to speak a foreign language. It It can be different. And you know what? It can maybe be a little uncomfortable too, learning how to show love to our partner in a way that doesn't come naturally so like learning another language 
you can stumble over your words, forget words. Uh, I guess just be frustrated. Yeah, be frustrated because <laughs> you're because you're trying to find the word, but you can't. Right. Right. Disappointment and and that can all lead to disconnection as well. But you know what? It can make a huge difference when you learn how to communicate effectively. When you learn your spouse's love languages, five, seven, whatever that nuance might be, this is going to help your marriage become, for, for you to be a marriage master, not a marriage disaster. I, lo- I love that language. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah. true. And you know what? Your efforts can really help to fill your partner's love tank and show just how much you care about them. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have said it any better, baby. And so for the rest of the episode, we'd like to give you four steps to get your love language heard and incorporated into your daily life and marriage. Let's start with the first one. Well, the first one is discover your love language, because if you don't know it, then (laughs) it's going to be hard to be able to communicate it to your spouse. We will link the online quiz to both Dr. Gary Chapman's quiz and Trudy. The amazing thing is that they are both free online quizzes. So I think it would be really interesting to take both and then notice the similarities and differences between the questions and the results. Now, many of you may know your love language already, but perhaps time has changed how you give or receive love. You can also read the Five Love Languages book by Dr. Gary Chapman and soak in all the stories and anecdotes. The book may help you narrow your love language down to the one or two that are most meaningful to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the second step to get your love language heard and incorporated into daily life is to discuss your results with your spouse. Take time to explore and ask follow-up questions about your partner's love language. You know, this can be a really fun date night activity as well. Yeah, that would be really (laughs) fun. I see that. Yeah, You know, I, I remember many times with young kids where we would do a date night in so that we could save money on babysitting. Yeah, and that time babysitting was like $8 an hour. Yeah. Maybe five. Now, now it's like, it's like double, 15, right? no. 80. <laughs> so yeah. we'd, we'd put the kids to bed and sometimes we wouldn't even eat with the kids. We would feed the kids, wash them up. I mean, we'd probably eat some snacks uh, just to tie <laughs> us over, put them to bed. And then after that, then begin our night with one another ordering food in or just you know having remember we do like fondue occasionally as well sometimes we would um watch a movie because it was easy and cheap other times we would go up to the bedroom because that's a great date night (laughs) you're gonna say that was easy and cheap (laughs) uh no Yeah. So, you know what? There's there's nothing wrong with doing all these things. And we do want to encourage you to have regular date nights with your spouse. But when you sit down and talk with your spouse about your love language, what we find is that this can really bring you and your spouse emotionally closer together because you're not just talking about the everyday or how the day was or the surface level. Right. You're just talking the tasks. About, yeah. You're talking on. about how you are wired. And when you talk about that and then share your insights and your reactions and your feedback on that, it can really serve to deepen your relationship. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. 
Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. This curiosity about your spouse can really signal to your spouse just how much you care for them and how much you want to know them more and, and, and the importance of your relationship. So uh, here are a few questions. Okay. And once again, we're going to have these questions in the show notes, so you don't have to worry about writing them down, mm-hmm. but here are a few questions to try with one another on that date night. Did the results surprise you? Have there been ways recently where I've shown you this love language? And the last one is, what does it feel like when I speak your love language? I love especially that last question, Daniel, because when we see and hear, we probably can even see on our spouse's face when they talk about how they feel loved, adored, respected, seen, validated, you know, all of the feelings when you speak their love language it really, I think it will really inspire and encourage you to continue to speak that to your spouse yeah. or continue to look for ways to speak that to your spouse because you see how much it lights them up. Yes, completely. I mean, you probably even heard early on when we were talking about our seven love languages. Right. Because doing this quiz, at least for me, was a pretty new thing. And it was just, yeah, just mind blown to to think that 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 it's not just the touch and the quality time but that intellection intellectual mm-hmm. conversations which isn't just we're talking about plato and socrates thankfully not yeah forgot odyssey <laughs> Inve- the adventures in odyssey <laughs> yes because that's what we listen to in the car yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So what's the third one, Christina? The third one is get your love language heard with a gentle startup. Now, a gentle startup is a communication skill that helps couples combat criticism in their relationship. Ooh, could we all use a little bit of that? Hey, for instance, perhaps your love language is, let's say, quality time. You've been frustrated that you and your spouse have not spent much time together. Oh, we're so busy, right? Maybe you're finding yourself saying, ah, you never want to do anything with me anymore. It's like you don't even care. Do you even love me? This approach is considered a harsh startup and likely will cause your spouse to become defensive and probably start an argument. We know you were trying to get your needs heard and great that you were communicating them. But by approaching your spouse with guns a-blazing, you actually sabotaged your attempt to connect. Hmm. Instead, try focusing on how you feel about not spending time with your spouse and positively share your needs. The gentle startup might sound like, hey, I've been feeling disconnected from you lately with everything that we have going on. Spending one-on-one time with you makes me feel closer to you. So could we carve out some time for a date night this week? Remember that I feel blank about blank. I need blank. Do you remember that mm-hmm. sentence? Yep. If, you, if this means nothing to you, don't <laughs> worry. We will uh, link the episode show notes and the link the episode that we've talked um, about this whole statement of how being able to positively share your needs and how you feel and how to ask for it as well. So yeah. it really, really does help. Yeah, I wonder how many people hit the back button and they're like, did something skip? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, need feel, I feel black. I need, I need black. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Christina, before we get to the next one, 
so that's a great example of a gentle startup. Can you try to say the same thing in a harsh way? Like what you just said, because if you had come to me and you said exactly what you said, can you just say that again in, in the gentle way? Hey, I've been feeling disconnected from you lately with everything we have going on. Spending one-on-one -on -one time with you makes me feel closer to you. So could we carve out some time for a date night this week? Yeah. Like regardless of how our relationship had been. Yeah. And even if we were in an argument or angry at each other or hadn't spent a lot of time with each other, if you mm -hmm. had come to me and said that. Right. It really is gentle. Like, it's <laughs> like, how could you be like, uh, no, you wish, whatever. No, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Wow. Like it, it would really be a pause, reflect sort of moment mm -hmm. uh, versus what would a... <laughs> Can you try a harsh startup? <laughs> <laughs> Let me think. Oh, it's so hard to be harsh, isn't it? <laughs> I know it's so foreign for you, Christina. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Been like, why won't you spend time with me? Do you even care? Yeah. Or it would be more like, for example, maybe Daniel would want to go out to play basketball with mm -hmm. the guys. And usually I'd be okay with that. But then if I just felt lonely, mm. tired, angry all of the things then instead of asking him being like you know i actually realize we haven't spent much time together this week and this is actually the only time we would be able to so can you possibly play with like the guys next week and we could have this time i'd be like fine do whatever you want <laughs> and you're like what yeah it's <laughs> actually happened yeah is yeah. that a harsh yeah. start uh think? yeah <laughs> Well, initially I was like, whoa. Gentle whoa. startup. I, no, no, no. I get to go. No, yeah, no, no, seriously. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, I guess I can. I can go. Okay, I'll, I'll see you later. And then you're like, if you take one more step outside the door. Or I would just let you go and stew and fester for like two oh, hours yes. and you'd come home yeah. and there'd be icicles on the door. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we're not like that anymore. Well, we're trying to be we're the majority of the time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think when you're one when you're aware of first of all how you're feeling and also how you what you need um, and the fact that that's okay with that mm -hmm. because I think many of us including myself have grown up in families where it wasn't okay to have needs because if you express those needs you would be shut down. So really it was easier just to pretend you didn't have needs. Yeah. yeah. And so the fact that if we bring that into our relationship and uh, then we're a scared of how to ask for our needs mm. and two maybe we don't know how to respond when our spouse has needs from us mm. so it'd be a good thing to maybe just reflect on a little bit of how is my past maybe shaping the way that i'm having a gentle or harsh startup too yeah that's good all right, so let's talk about the last step to get your love language heard and incorporated into daily life. As a reminder, number one is discover your love language. Number two, discuss the results of that quiz with your spouse, some date nights. And then number three is get your love language heard with this tool that we just equipped you with, Gentle Startups. The last one is to give your spouse the high five emoji. <laughs> hey. That's a great sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> that was all original. Ted would be. That was all original. <laughs> Our one big. <laughs> you know what that reminds you of? Like, the lollipop, lollipop, ooh, ah, lolly, lolly, lollipop, lollipop, ooh, ah, lolly, lolly, lollipop. 
Anyways, okay. Apparently, I was really good at that song. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're not literally talking about that unless you're texting, uh, but we wanted to use a tangible example for all our visual learners out there. All right, so when your spouse speaks your love language, let them know, <laughs> right? Like, let them know. Give them a high five. Say thank you. I really, really appreciate you. Five? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, why not? You want a high five? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and really express because it, it, it's that positive reinforcement, right? Mm -hmm. And the more you do that with one another, the more natural it's going to be. Because we all know after this episode, after you do the quiz and discuss the results and start trying a week later, two weeks later, you might forget all this True. because life just goes on. But the more you can positively reinforce one another, uh, yeah, this is, it's just so good. <laughs> oh my gosh, my hand is still head from that high five. Well, you know, <laughs> I am strong. So, Ooh. or maybe you just there. really give your spouse the hardest high five you can, and then they will never forget. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, in those moments, give your spouse the high five emoji. Let that signal to you outwardly and inwardly and all around how how important this is in your relationship and let that shape the way that you express appreciation to each other. Don't miss this podcast family. Expressing appreciation creates a positive feedback loop. I'll say it again. Expressing appreciation creates a positive feedback loop. Mm. It feels good to know I made my spouse feel good. So I will keep doing that. Mm -hmm. That's what we're training our brains to think about. Yeah. The positive reinforcement gives your spouse the confidence to become more fluent in your love language. And guess what? If you are feeling loved, you're going to want to show your spouse love too. Yeah, right on. Well, this episode was jam-packed with a ton of information, lists, links, and all the rest. So if you want to go grab that in addition to discussion questions for you to reflect on and talk about with your spouse, just go to inbetween.org slash episode 161. inbetween.org slash episode 161. You're going to find links to the quizzes, the breakdown of the seven love languages, and a reminder of these four ways that we just walked through to get your love language heard by your spouse. And because we love y'all so much, podcast family, we're going to include some incredible questions for you to reflect on yourself and date night questions to chat about with your spouse. This is just the beginning, y'all. And we're so excited for the two of you to continue to build a marriage that you love through being aware of the love languages and speaking them fluently to one another. And now, podcast family. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. We'll talk soon. This episode was brought to you in part by the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast, an outreach dedicated to bringing joy, strength, intimacy, and purpose to couples seeking growth. Be sure to visit enneagramandmarriage.com to find your chemistry together again, or for the very first time.